You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We all got quick time? Yep. Sweet. You're both on your phones. Hello. <laughs> I know, because I have to do everything every fucking second today. Like I know. Oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hey everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. Uh my name is Allison Lucan, I think. We are in the throes of playoff hockey, which means we don't know where we are. We don't know what time of day it is. We don't know what day it is. But we do know that we're supposed to be doing 8,000 things at once, and we're already late on 10,000 more. Let's see and check in with the equally multitasking, even though the team she was covering is out of it, but still busy because she's brilliant as hell. Sarah Sivian, dare I ask, how are you? Yeah, um, I have not washed my hair in a week. I hate, that's how I am. You think, and here's a secret too, and this was true when I was covering the Hurricanes, like when the team you cover, which to be fair, I wasn't really covering the Bruins in the regular season. I was covering, whatever, I hopped on for the playoffs, but I thought it was going to be longer. But um, then, oh my God. We're batting a thousand already. I think we've all become so unhinged, like before the playoffs even started, we've lost it. I know, but um, when you're covering a team, it kind of ramps up even more than the playoffs when it's over because then there are the interviews and then there's like what went wrong, who stays and who goes, which we have to do every single year for some reason, even if we don't know for the clickbait every year, every year, every team. Um, So there's that. I'm going to Miami tomorrow because I can't have one weekend to myself. And that's great. You'd be nothing without Shayna Goldman. (laughs) Shayna, say hi. Hi. (laughs) All right. Um, Here we go. Let's get into some of all of that hockey. Let's do that hockey that Sarah was just talking about, because this is what's great and amazing and also stressful as hell about the playoff season is that you never know what's going to happen or what's going to change and what has changed uh, since we last visited with you. Our wonderful listeners is that we are into round two now. We are recording this on Wednesday. Yes, we acknowledge that two games have been played. We know this. But today, we are going to try to act. No, we know this, but please tell us anyway. Please inform us every time you can. Please tweet at us and tell us. Please tweet at us. Please tweet at us. Listen, I love the people, but like when someone's like, yes, and did you know that so-and-so and so, I'm like, yes, it's literally my job to know that. (laughs) But anyway... Um, we're going to go into a series by series preview of round two, just as we promised. But before we do that, we can't move past Sarah's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? Bit-O News. Bit-O News. Y'all, we were excited when we heard that Ryan Reynolds, king of Wrexham soccer, was interested in buying the Ottawa Senators. It was a delightful story to see him in the seats in Ottawa. I'm a big fan of him. I like him. I like his wife. I like what they do. I like what they're about. I like how they don't take themselves too seriously. And so I think we were I like their connection to Taylor Swift. I was waiting for it. Oh, Shayna. Their baby said gorgeous in the the beginning of gorgeous. And their children's names are all names of of songs in the trilogy of anyway. We'll get there, Shane. I'm proud of you. That was very good. (laughs) Um, But yes, we like them and we were all kind of rooting for this story. But my friends, I feel we have a new contender for the owner we want most in the NHL. And that is none other than Snoop Dogg. He has entered in with a consortium being organized by L.A. uh, businessman Nico Sparks. They are putting together a bid to buy the Ottawa Senators. And Snoop Dogg, for those of you who don't know, um, has in fact been around hockey for a while. He's been primarily at Kings Games, of course, because he lives on the West Coast. If you have not seen Snoop Dogg get into the commentator booth, 
for NHL games. It is a gift. It is awesome. It is wonderful. It captures the joy of the game. Um, he has represented hockey in many different ways for a while. And as much fun as Snoop Dogg is, he's now on the interview circuit talking about how this is very serious to him, not just because he wants to be a person of color with a, a majority stake in a professional sports team and grow that diversity, but also bring hockey to people who look like him, who are children, who can't necessarily see access or align to connecting with the game of hockey. Y'all, I am all the fuck in. Sarah, what say you? I absolutely love it. And yeah, Ryan Reynolds was hard to beat, but Snoop Dogg can beat him. And Snoop Dogg has been involved in the NHL a little bit, whether it was like commentating a game for the Kings and he's, he's liked hockey and I, he would be, he and the ownership group would be the first black owners of an NHL team. And I just think that is so past due and so needed to grow this sport. Dana, uh, Snoop did an interview with CNN uh, that kind of made the rounds the past couple days. And, you know, again, the, the points were made that Sarah and I have already talked about. But I think something else that we've talked about on this show that shouldn't go unheralded is that the importance of having people who don't look like old white hockey men in the room can actually prevent a lot of the problems that we end up finding ourselves facing in this game and across other sports, to be honest. But just how good could this be for what hockey looks like, not just in total, but particularly in the U.S.? Yeah, like it's funny. I feel like I, I think I saw a tweet that was kind of like if Snoop Dogg becomes an owner, like you're marketing to people who are like older and things like that. Like it's not for the new generation per se. But I'm like, I, it when you wait, wait what? what? <laughs> yeah, that was our our boy Chris Watkins. Who one thing about him is oh, he's going to have a, that. He's going to have a take, and I respect that about him. He's not always going to have an usual take. So what he said, if Snoop Dogg is the owner, it's going to market to older people. Yeah, he people. said older white people who who miss old hip hop. That's what I, it was. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but it's still right. a step in the right direction. <laughs> and okay, I still okay. think he's like right on that because. Yeah. But I think the part of it that's so important is what you like if you listen to the interviews, right? And it's what he's talking about. For one, yes, it will help if there's a more diverse ownership group because I would imagine, and obviously not assuming, but I would imagine like they're going to make diverse hires too. So it's going to trickle down through the entire organization. And it's not to say that they're not going to have problems within, but it, it's a start, right? Um the other part of it that like I can't ignore though is the effort about the youth hockey, you know, growing the game that way. That's what we're missing, making it affordable, making it, you know, an option for everybody. That I think is the whole selling point right there. I think that's how you start it from the grassroots level up, which is what you have to do. And it has to start at the top and be willing to do that, commit to it. But like, I think the best part about this is like, it's a win-win situation. If you go Snoop, if you go Ryan Reynolds, we've seen what Ryan Reynolds has done as an owner already for a team and the investment in the team that he made, the time and effort he puts into it, the way that, you know, like they want to invest at every single level and they're supporting the women's game at the same time too. Like they're doing it all. That's fantastic. And now you have another great option. Hopefully the more that they go back and forth on like who can do it, it's just going to push out better ideas that everybody can like learn from and go like, oh wait, this side wants to do X. We should think about that. So it just feels like a win-win for the senators at this point, right? Absolutely. And I, I think I saw, and I used to do mergers and acquisition work way back in the day, but I'm rusty on this. I think there is also a point too, where these consortiums could eventually like change shape, right? So eventually there could be a version of this where Ryan Reynolds and if they wanted to and Snoop Dogg end up being in the same ownership group as this process goes along. Which would be amazing. Amazing. But, you know, I, I am all in on Nico and Snoop Dogg and the group they're putting together. And I also just love that this is bringing the sport in general with both Ryan Reynolds and Snoop. Like people are talking about hockey who don't usually talk about hockey because there's a bridge here to a different part of the world, particularly in the US, that doesn't know that hockey exists. So we will watch that. We are very, very, very excited for Snoop. And again, if you haven't seen it, Google when he's commentated for the Kings, because it's it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. And he was doing it when I didn't even like the Kings, and I still would watch it because it was hilarious. Um, but also informative. It's not just a gimmick with him. It's actually really great. Um, all right. Are we ready for round two? I am not. Are you? Yeah, let's go. Let's rip. I'm ready. Let's rip. It's here whether we like it or not. 
<laughs> All right. We are going to start in the East. Um, arguably what is being presented mainly by Matthew Kachuk. So let's ride that wave. Um, coming off the biggest upset in hockey, at least this season, the fine young upstart Florida Panthers or Panthers, what? Florida Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. It's like the vibe cat or the, we love yeah. it. Okay. Um, the Florida Panthers are now the visiting team to the rocketing and finally successful Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they have started their series. As we record this, we will try not to let that first game influence our takes. But Shayna, when you look at this series going into it, Give me one reason you're optimistic for each team and one reason you're pessimistic for each team in terms of their chances to make it through to the conference final. Okay, I'm optimistic for the Panthers because it feels like last year getting past the first round was like the one hill to climb and then obviously they burnt out. Now it's like, okay, you got that under your belt. It feels like it's a different vibe. So I'm optimistic in that. Like they've they've been to the second round before. Now build from it. I'm pessimistic because... As much as I like their forechecking, I think it's super impressive. I am a little bit worried about their defense and goaltending getting exposed. And I personally, if I were them, would not want to rely on Bobrovsky. It feels like when we count him out, he proves us wrong. And when we count him in, he once again proves us wrong. So that's for Florida. And for Toronto, I am... Hmm. hmm. We always love when Shayna catches herself. Hmm. I'm pessimistic because it's still the Leafs. And... <laughs> I feel like this this is a team that with Tampa it felt like they they put so much energy into like the comebacks even when they were the worst team and like beating not just the Lightning but themselves from last year that I wonder how much they have it in them when now they're the favorite right they're they're the top dog in this match they should be doing it and then a cat could take them out who's to say so I think that they could catch themselves on that and then I'm optimistic because what was impressive in round one was they managed to win games even when they weren't the better team. And we've seen them rest on their heels as the better team. So I think that there is more fight back in this group than before, but you don't know how much you over rely on something like that. Perfect. Sarah, what gives you joy about each team coming in on this one and what gives you agita? Yeah. Um, for the Panthers, I'm optimistic because they have that confidence. They have that cat in them. They, Brandon Montour, it's literally all I got to say. Uh, can you win a Norris in the postseason? You're about to find out. Um, I am pessimistic because when is the happy-go-lucky confidence going to run out? Because there be there comes a time in every playoff run where you're facing adversity and it's either do you crumble or do you persevere? That's why we love watching these things. I am optimistic about the Leafs because they have the monkey off the back and anything could happen. I am pessimistic about the Leafs because is that good enough? And now are they willing to say, okay, we got the first round off our backs. Let's get them next year or whatever. I am optimistic about the Leafs because as Sarah said, the monkey is off their back and they do still have some of the best offensive talent in the league. And if they can just play, and get on the right side of things. I think that they could be game changers. And I think that's important in postseason hockey where nothing matters and momentum can swing on a dime. I am pessimistic about Toronto because I still don't trust their goaltending, right? Like, what are we doing? Um, so like, did, well, we can't talk about the game. I'm still pessimistic about their goal. Why can't we talk about the game? Well, we were trying to be like, we're going into the series, even though there's been a game. Okay. But, no, but if you well, what, what we got to be relevant, it's going to be, be gone by the yes. time we do the next podcast. So Sam, I didn't Sam Sonoff's comments after the game last night, like bless what his little say? heart. He was just like, he's like, well, you know, you just go home. You like turn the page, move on. But like you do need a game changer in net. And I don't know that he's ready to be that yet. And that's not a thing yeah. on the player. He can be that. And then who's your backup still? Right. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, they have um, Murray healthy now, but like, well, but it's a good point. Like, Samsonov went into round one and he completely shut the bed game one, but you could see how he pulled it together. And like, he was impressive last game. Like, he made some crazy saves at the end of that first period, but 
Well, know, like if you're like, if you're going to make a run, like you need a goaltender who's still not figuring it. It's okay to to have a goaltender who needs to figure it out, but that's not necessarily the piece to a cup run, in my opinion. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion, um, I am optimistic about the Florida Panthers because they give zero fucks. Um, <laughs> uh, I am. I don't know why I'm pessimistic. I'm pessimistic because I do feel like they're running on adrenaline. And to Sarah's point, like, I don't like, yes, playoffs throw regular season out the window, but there was just so much concern in the regular season. I feel like some of those things will come back to haunt them. All right. So here we go. Predictions. Shayna, our loser in round one. Whatever. Pick your, pick your team and number of games for this one. I'm sticking to what I said before the games influenced by my dear, lovely dog, Zuki, who picks them. She picked them to win it all. Now I let her redo it yesterday and she picked them to reach the cup final. Okay. She picked Dallas over them. So whatever. But I'm saying Panthers in seven because I want to be spicy on this one. Okay. Sarah. I'm saying Panthers in seven too. Um, I saw a really good stat that I kind of forget, but check out Jackie Redmond's Twitter, but it was just kind of they, the Panthers led round one in goals directly after turnovers. And that was just so telling the story of the series between the Bruins and the Panthers. And I think they were just ready to pounce on any mistake teams made. And they literally did this, not that we are letting game one influence us, but they literally did the same thing against the Leafs. So I don't know. Excellent. I, you picked Toronto to sweep and now you are going with the Cats in seven. Listen, it's a free country, I thought. (laughs) Just today, only today. Um, Okay, fine. This hurts me. Just to be different, I will go Toronto in six. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Let's. <It's all> <laughs> I can't believe you guys are doing this to me. This is how it affects the Leafs. It's torturing my soul. All right. Let's let's finish up the East. The other contest that's going to go on in there is New Jersey going to Carolina. New Jersey coming in, playing hot, feeling good about themselves. Carolina winning, but gutting out. And as we have talked about a lot, losing some key pieces, maybe not having as dominant of a first round as New Jersey, especially at the end. We'll start with you, Sarah. What's your pro and your con for the Devils and for Carolina when it comes to what it takes to move on from this round? Yeah, my pro for the Devils was you get that first round as a young team under your belt and you get that confidence, but you're still fresh. And there is other than Meyer, who's practicing today, there wasn't any type of like injury or like any rough play. So I think they're going to be nice and fresh. Um, the con is that the hurricanes are more battle tested and maybe better coached. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say that. I no, I like Lindy rough, but I, Rod Brindamore is the best coach in the league in my opinion. So. How does this affect Rod yeah. Brindamore's bid to get into say, the Hall of Fame? Rod Brindamore, yeah. where should he be going? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we did it. We did it, people. And my pros for the hurricanes are that they obviously have the experience. They have a, I don't know if there's a pro or a con. I think it's both that they kind of like are ready for that playoff style hockey and are ready to kind of give it to the devils with the skill that they already have. And the Rangers were kind of just doing the latter or the former. And I think the cons for the hurricanes is that it's going to finally catch up to them, right? Like the star power being out the injuries, the kind of, tussling they were doing in round one. I think it's tough to play round two after something like that. Dana? Pro for the Devils is that they recognized what it takes to win a series. And that was playing to their strength. I really thought they were going to come in hot to the playoffs and then fizzle out and get, you know, beaten up by a team and kind of like get away from their strengths. They did it the opposite way. And I think that they recognized and progressed throughout the first round that they know, like, play your speed game, shut it down in the third period. This is how you win. Just do you? That's what you're built for. Um, the con is that it's going to be a lot tougher to play that way against the best four checking team in the league. It makes for a really interesting matchup that we're going to learn a ton from. Yes, I'm nerd, but I don't give a shit. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see if now that slows them down, if that makes them panic the way we would have expected in round one. It's a totally different team. Uh, pro for the Canes is the system. It has to be the system. It's always the system. No matter who steps up, Mackenzie Mackern is on the top line. And he's, I think hit with Sebastian Ajo and Jarvis, they have like 25 minutes together, have like a 75% expected goals rate. And is outscoring opponents like 
that system, anybody can step up and then thrive. So that's huge for them. But the con is, like you said, the lack of star power, the lack of finishing talent. Like it's a lot different going against the devils who have that versus the Islanders who absolutely don't. Mm -hmm. And also like a weaker goalie versus Sorokin. So it might catch up to them that they don't have all that like flash that they've been missing all this time. All right. I'm going to similarly say that a pro for Carolina is specifically their defensive play. I mean, hello, Brent Burns. Like, Oh my God. He seems like he's having the most fun of his career right now. Totally. Totally. So and I was, love the Burns versus Dougie angle of it ooh, too. Oh, yes, I hate yes. that. Oh, I'm, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, Dougie was so good in round one. He was. He that was. That pair, if you look at Dougie Stiegenthaler versus Slavin and Burns, I think yeah. they have like matching underlying numbers too through round one, which like, that's like so closely done. Like one's a little better offensively, one's a little tighter defensively, but like they all shake out kind of the same. And like, mm-hmm. that's a good way to start the matchup. Yeah, so I like their, I think the pro is their defense and that lapses over, of course, to their penalty kill. Um, Their con, I mean, again, you just can't get around it. I don't, they are playing well within a system that has clearly infiltrated all levels of their organization, which is awesome, but I just don't know if they're going to run out of scoring. I just don't know. Um, Pro, uh, Devils, you know, it's so funny. I haven't watched... I so there's some teams we all have them right where that you just don't get to watch them as much. Devils, I'm gonna say pro is their speed. They're so fast. They play, 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 play so fast. And again, if you look at a depleted, this is gonna be a fun matchup. I think now more than I think about it. Um, and their con, I don't know. I think to Sarah's point, it might be that they're. We've talked about them being a little bit ahead of schedule this year, and so it might just be that their window is just opening. And they need th- that true confidence and that true, like, I, we can do this, we can stomp them out attitude to to move past what I think is going to be a longer series. Just because even if Carolina doesn't have the talent, they're going to make it really hard on whoever they play. All right, Sarah, who's your pick for the series and number of games? Hurricanes fans, don't get mad at me. I don't want this to be true, but I think it's going to be Devils and Six. I just think the way they were playing against the Rangers and the way they got better and better was very convincing to me. Dana? Double and six. Ooh. Nico Heeshier contained Mika Zibanejad. I want to see him up against Sebastian Ajo now. Like, I'm really hyped for that one. Okay. All right. I am also going to go... I'm sorry, Rod. See, this is why... I know, Rod's listening. It's bulletin board material. (laughs) Um, I am going to say new... uh, Just... mm, And I just said it'd be a long series. I'll go New Jersey in seven. I'll go New Jersey in seven. Okay. Let's swing out then, my friends, to the West. Uh, We had talked about series that we wanted to see happening too soon, and maybe they did, because I don't know about you all, but this one feels like I know I'm supposed to be excited about it, and academically I am, but like emotionally I'm not invested in it yet. And that is the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, two powerhouses, one that seems to be building in Edmonton in terms of gaining momentum. And even though Mark Stone is back, Vegas has had so many bumps in the road on this journey. Shayna, let us know why you think each team has a leg up and let us know why you think each team should be concerned. This I, I'm so excited about this series. This is the one that like I'm like, I, I want to see like, Besides maybe the Leaf series, I might be the most excited for. Um, so I'm optimistic about Edmonton because they have options with McDavid and Dreisaitl, which I think is super important. They went into last round separating them and then put them together and it worked. And I think this time it's going to be similar. They know they could go one against Mark Stone, one against you know Wild Bill. And if they have to, put them back together. Having that versatility in your lineup is huge. Um, I'm pessimistic because for some reason, every defenseman not uh, besides Matias Ekholm forgot how to play defense through a lot of round one. And that's going to be a problem with a team that is different from L.A. They have a little bit more like speed and counter striking ability that I think might bite Edmonton. I am optimistic about Vegas because they have Mark Stone. It's as simple as that. He looks fantastic. You know, like games one and two, you could see he was a little bit slow. And you could see the impact of missing time and coming back from injury, similar to like Nikita Kucherov when he came back from long-term IR. 
Everyone was upset he was scoring, but you noticed it was all stationary play on the power play. He wasn't moving. That's the only way he scored at first until he was up to speed. But I think Mark Stone brings a lot of pop to the lineup, a lot of excitement, and then a lot of really good two-way play, especially with Chandler Stevenson. So that is a big reason for optimism. Um, I'm a little more pessimistic, though, because I think outside of his line, you see strained lines to a point like Barbashev struggled with Eichel at times. And yes, they had the results in round one, but the underlying numbers aren't there. You have Phil Kessel with Wild Bill and Riley Smith. You're dragging that line down defensively, too. It's the weakest Golden Knights roster we've seen. And that might bite them at a certain point, especially against a team like the Oilers that actually built themselves up pretty well. Shana, don't you have a Mark Stone jersey? Oh, I do. I got shit hammered and ordered. Okay. It was the best thing. I had that and Kaprizov, two drunk orders. <laughs> that was the those story. Are what two will I boss- do this playoffs? Like, those are two bosses. <laughs> and, they're, and they're great. I got them, like, on sale. I was just sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I'm like, I'm doing it. Like, I haven't had time to get drunk and watch playoffs yet this year. Um, we're doing a dry postseason, apparently. Oh, um, no, I'm just going to have like one drink and then I'm like, I have to stay awake, so I can't. Okay. But one night I'm not writing. Who, who knows who I'm going to buy? Maybe it'll be Yanni Gord. Who's to say? Oh, wow. It's going to be my new postseason trend. I'm going to get drunk and buy wow. one jersey a year. And we will, one, one a year. We will hopefully do, we did last year, we're hoping to do again, maybe at least one live postseason game watch with the crew. Yeah. So we'll see if we can make that happen. All right, Sarah, break it down for us. Edmonton, Vegas. Yay, we should be happy. We think our chances are good. Or boo, we're terrified that we won't make it through round two. I know. Admittedly, this is the series I've watched the fewest games, but I've still, or like with each team, but I've still watched them a few times. And I'm going to say your optimism isn't just Connor McDavid for the Oilers, obviously, but it's Leon Dreisaitl and the way he's playing in his two-way game and He's stepped up, like he's just postseason Leon. Like, love that for him. And the con is obviously the defense, like you said. I think they are going to get it together, though. That's the thing. Like, when you have a little bit of rest, I do think it's like, okay, we made it. Woo, we survived that. Now let's buckle down. Um, the Golden Knights, the pro is playoff Eichel. Um, he's been pretty explosive and he's just getting started. The con is definitely, this is the worst golden Knights roster that we've seen. And you wonder if the star power matches up to Connor and Leon. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to add other than I think that a big pro for Edmonton finally, theoretically, we think is that they're getting goaltending, which has never been the case for them in the postseason necessarily. So yay. Um, and they're healthy. Let's go with that. Leon Dreisaitl actually has two legs, which we're positive about. Um, the con is their Edmonton and shit happens. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and let's see Vegas. I mean, yeah, I think they just don't feel as like vibey to me. Like, there's all these pieces, but they don't feel interconnected. And then I didn't get to see much of the Vegas series either because it was similar nights, but didn't it? Phil Kessel got scratched the last game, right? Yeah. Yeah, So, so, I mean, they have these pieces that can do, that can do hashtag things, but like, we'll see. I don't know. But then there's the Mark Stone. I do not have a Mark Stone Jersey. I don't Only Shana does. I would say we should change that, but we shouldn't. That's correct. I cannot. That would be we blasphemy. Can't change that. That's true. All right. No, but maybe maybe we'll get you drunk enough that you just go buy like a Bjorkstrand jersey. Who's to say? Get all the jerseys. There oh, might already be, be a good one. There might already be one in our household, Shana. Ooh. I was gonna say unless Steven already has one. Does he have Columbus or Seattle? He has Seattle. Well, Ooh. I I don't does he have one from Columbus? I don't actually remember who, well. We know who he has from Columbus, like 18 copies of, but we'll just let that go. Oh, um, I can't believe you don't remember. He's going to kill um, you. Boone Jenner. Yes. Yes. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. It's a center. And then I'm like, oh, wait, they only have one center. (laughs) He's literally the captain of the team, Shana. No, but I remember we, because I'm like, who was it that we couldn't talk about? It was Johnny Gaudreau needs a new center. That was the conversation. So I'm like, I know that it's like, we're not allowed to say bad things about Jenner for that reason. Wait till Steven hears this. You're going to be in trouble. He, they only have one center. So you know what? Of course I was thinking Boone Jenner. (laughs) All right, Shana, what is your pick for this series? Uh, Edmonton and seven. 
Okay. Wrote that there. All right, Sarah. Edmonton and six. Ooh. I just for shits and giggles will go Vegas because I'm here for the drama and and the the wounded fans. Uh Vegas in seven, I will say. Ooh. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Go ahead, break it down, Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Chevrolet. Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off-road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all-new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off-road ready trucks. Equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit Chevy.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. All right. So we have one more series to go, and that is out in the West. The Dallas Stars are hosting the mighty Seattle Kraken. They have played <laughs> one game, um, which what a was game it was insane. <laughs> Which was insane. Um, but as Shane is always so good at pointing out narratives, uh, this was going to be an interesting one going in because the stars get um, Joe Pavelski back and they're facing a very different opponent than they faced in round one going from the Minnesota Wild and their boring hockey to a very fast and aggressive, sorry, uh, fast and aggressive Seattle Kraken team. And on the other side, the Seattle Kraken are still without Jared McCann and Andre Burakovsky, um, but they just keep getting things done with their depth. And in some ways, they are facing a similar opponent to who they faced in round one. Excellent goaltending and a lot of high-end offensive star power, much like they saw from the Avs. But the Stars are a healthier team, and they had a little bit more rest than Seattle going into this one. I will have to abstain from analyzing this series but Sarah, what do you like and what concerns you about each team in this matchup? Well, you can check Mad Dog Radio with Michelle Beadle and Zach Harper from before the game when I said the Kraken are winning the cup. I said this before game one. Anyway, I just, the vibes are off the charts and we kind of knew that they were going to be headed into the series, even without the, I know we're not going to talk about it that much, but come on, Pavelski four goals and then the Kraken yeah, yeah. win. <laughs> It's ridiculous. But I don't know. I, I think the pro for Dallas is obviously the goaltending um, and kind of the vibes of the old men resurgence. Like you got Tyler Sagan, Jamie Van, Joe Pavelski coming back. That's going to be a huge pro. And, you know, we we said that on the podcast before this happened, okay? We did not predict this, but we saw him at least getting like one goal maybe but oh my god okay we said we we're gonna talk about it you can just, go ahead you can. he just kept... we're not gonna yeah go ahead because we're not you're right by the time we record again this will be mm -hmm. passed mm -hmm. but the con is that they still lost they when you lose a game like that in ot in such a brutal way of just like a silly goal off the butt it's like that is just the hockey god saying it might not be your year. And you, we've seen that in so many instances. And we saw that in like the Bruins Panthers series too, where it's like the Panthers just snatched on it. It's not about being the best team or having the best night. Sometimes it's about being able to capitalize on the other mistakes. And I think the Kraken are just really good at that, especially with all their depth and the pro with the Kraken is the depth. You never know who the hero is going to be on any given night. And it keeps everybody guessing and it keeps all the lines 
checking like right you know like everybody's like oh my god where who should we put out here in the matchup games and that's why Allison had said before that teams struggle with them at home because the matchup game matters less when you don't know who's going to be the hero but the con the Kraken is I guess some inexperience I mean Yannick Gord won it and he's got experience so um I guess the con is just that they are the underdog and the Dallas Stars have more star power. I got who? There we go. I'm done with my that my prediction. Shayna. Um. Yeah. So this is a really interesting one because it's like we're it's like literally the same narrative again, which is so it's so interesting. So like the pro for Seattle is that they're winning games in the playoffs the same way they won in the regular season, which is the strength of their depth. They have 16 unique goal scores now, or did it? Uh, no. They had 15 going into the game. 15 going in and then five unique in last night's game. It was five unique in last night's game. So there you go. They have 20. No, no, no. Don't add. Oh, there was, oh we don't uh, know Like the in the spe- it's, it's, game it, specific. All right, because Schwartz yeah. had a goal and he already had one. So that's... And okay. Gord had a goal and... But there were five different scores. Strand had a goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So 15 plus. Yeah, <laughs> goal scores, um, which is so impressive to like be able to keep up with that, and and it doesn't matter that they're going up against stars because if you went up against the star power of McKinnon and Rantanen and Kamakar and you weren't intimidated, you're not going to be against Dallas, which is not a knock to Dallas. It's just that there's few besides probably Drysaitel and McDavid that you're gonna like cower to, I guess, in that way. So that's the pro, like. We know the Kraken got here for a reason. We know what they can do. It doesn't matter. Joe Favelski has four goals. They are still in the game. Um, the con is missing Jared McCann. Like, it, it's Burakovsky and McCann, I think, is really tough to overcome. And they did make it through half of a series without McCann, but that is still your 40-goal score, And that might test them a little bit this series if he can't come back and we really don't know his status. So that's the one thing I look out for and I would be a little bit worried for uh seattle for dallas the pro is their power play yes i know they didn't convert last night but i am super impressed by their power play they had nine power play goals in round one they were excellent below the surface and it was actually pretty consistent below the surface with what they did in the regular season so it's not like oh my god this power play production came out of nowhere so that is good for dallas um and the con is that they that they lost game one like it's it's no, I don't want to use that. We said we're not doing that. Um, well, it's the fashion in which they did. I mean, yeah. but if we were going into it blind, yeah. Now, okay. does it going does it change? Blind. Let me ask you this though, and also because, and again, these are the kind of stats that I hate, but are this is what we do this time of year. They also lost game one of round That's one in overtime. Yeah. yeah. That's Double. what you said to us last night too, or yep. did somebody said it to me? Somebody said it. Um. Hmm. The con for Dallas. I'm like really torn on what it might be. It could be honestly, like if they don't get all of their lines rolling, right. They don't capitalize on their chances. Like what happens then? Because we kind of saw it last night, like the Robertson line, they have to produce, they were playing really well. And it, and even like the Pavelski line, like they had some really shitty underlying numbers. So maybe that's like a boring answer, but it's just, this might test them in a way that round one didn't because Minnesota in theory, has the depth that's spread out. In reality, they did not. So now they're going up against a team that actually does. So it's just like a different approach. Do they have the versatility to handle the different approach, to handle a team that's legitimately forechecking the way you would have expected the Wild to do? Like, they had an easy round one. Does that hurt you? Does it help you? So we take out the overtime loss and pretend it never happened and pretend we're talking about it before the game. That, I guess, would be my concern. Like, do you have it in you to look at this series completely differently? to not underestimate the Kraken and now to adjust to a team that actually is going to work their asses off versus a very beaten down wild squad that did literally nothing against you. Sarah, your series prediction. Kraken in six. Shayna. I'm sticking to what I have before game one, to be fair, which was Dallas in, I think it was six, but maybe it was seven. I'm going to say Dallas and seven. Dallas and seven. All right, there you go. And again, I will abstain. So if we have a point tie, we'll have a tie breaker. All right, so we do have a few minutes, and I put the handcuffs on you both to do our series preview, but 
We did have two games last night, uh, both of which the underdogs did win. We've hinted at them a little bit. Is there anything that really stands out to you? We've talked a little bit about the Seattle-Dallas game one. Is there anything that really stands out to you about either game? Let's just have at it for both of the first games of round two. Can we talk about Matthew Kachuk? Like, Matthew Kachuk came into the postseason after an MVP caliber season. He proved everybody wrong that he does not need Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm to thrive, that without Lindholm's two-way ability and without Johnny Gaudreau's play driving, that he could drive alive by himself. Barely played a bark off this year to even strength is with Sam Bennett, who has been fucking fantastic with Kachuk, too. Like, I'm impressed at how he elevated his game. They had Nick Cousins on their line last night, and they were still incredible. It was so interesting that Toronto first went, let's give him David Camp because here's your shutdown center so you can free up Marner. And they realized quickly that wasn't going to work. Marner still struggled to contain Kachuk through. I checked it through two periods. I didn't check it at games end and I should have. But the numbers were so slanted towards Florida um, throughout that matchup. It's going to be so interesting to see how you keep it up because Kachuk isn't a defensive stalwart. Like Marner's one of the best two-way wingers in the game, but I think Kachuk we can't underestimate defensively either. And just his ability to keep battling and push back for offense. It's going to be so interesting to see how that matches up this whole series. Because here Toronto had home ice and they lost the matchup game with that line. And then you still have Barkoff on another line to go up against Matthews. Sarah, you've loved Maddie for a while, even as he was going up against the Bruins. Anything more to add? Ratty Kachuk. No, I really don't have any notes on that. I just think it's awesome to watch him emerge. And I, I feel like... The playoffs are the best for that, right? Because it's we couldn't fully appreciate his almost heart caliber season with McDavid doing McDavid things. So now it's like you get to just watch this guy play and enjoy the greatness and the clutch moments. And now it's on the biggest stage. Right. It's It, it actually is happening because it's against Toronto. And somehow our three guys came mm-hmm. up. Verhege, Montour, and Kachuk all thrived. Mm-hmm. They did it for us. Verhege, you're bo- you've been like, banging this drum forever and i finally learned how to spell his name that's when you know he's made it <laughs> i know it's like 18 vowels it's very disappointing to that and couple that's Kaka like when i knew vasilevsky made it too when i learned yeah. how to spell his name Look I at him there's two keys you have to be in sarah's contacts or learn you know, know have her learn your spelling then you've made it it's a big day it's a big day i just made it into her contacts what a week ago less than <laughs> oh no, you have been in my contacts forever i just thought it was funny that it was maybe allison for so long that i changed your name to maybe allison <clears throat> okay so <laughs> let me ask it is, it's allison <laughs> And I will say this too, Maddie Kachuk, we talked about how cool it would be to have Snoop Dogg or Ryan Reynolds in an ownership group. Like Maddie Kachuk knows how to sell the game, right? Like he knows what to say publicly. He knows what to get out on the record. Like he is definitely multifaceted in terms of what he can give back. What a little move that was. How interesting how the turntables. Um, let me Without ask you Brady this. in the stands. He didn't even My need Brady in the stands King. this year. <laughs> Which I get now we're not going to get because they're in the same division, right? Like it was yeah. different. Like you're in the West. It doesn't matter. But like the Senators hate, probably hate the Leafs more than the Panthers that I feel like now we should see him fucking rallying. But I guess if Maddie like is doing so incredible without Brady doing it, it's fine. But if they make it to round three and we don't get Brady just going hog wild, and doing like fucking karaoke and seeing like Mr. Brightside with beers in his back pockets. I am going <laughs> to flip the table. I know. All right. So are you, are you legitimately concerned if you're the Leafs after one game? No, they lost game okay. one last time. <laughs> All right. Now do, baby. I do want to shout out too very quickly. Um, I saw, as we went to record, I saw Greg Wyshynski trying to nail this one down. So hopefully we'll get the whole story. But when we talk about, the Leafs too. There is a fan or a couple of fans who are wearing opposing team jerseys to every Toronto home game. And it was outed at last night's game. I can't even find the tweet right now to see where it came from. And as clever and as funny as it is that these fans have done this all season long, Sarah, you said this, shout out to the freaking producers because to go through all that game tape, to find those people in those jerseys all season is insane. I just thought that was hilarious. I don't know if you guys have any other comment. Hopefully Greg gets it's the rest so of the story. Funny. Yeah. That's just so, that's such a Greg story too. Exactly. Exactly. So if you 
are listening to this and you didn't see Greg's tweet, please go find his tweet. He's put his email in there and please connect these people because we need to know. All right. That is our end of round two predictions. The hockey is slowing in volume, but upping in intensity. And interestingly enough, for fun facts very quickly, Shana, you already know this, I'm sure, academically, but through two games last night, not a single power play goal. It's going to, that's good. This is something so to watch because we know power play opportunities go down generally as the playoffs go on. But even though like the penalty rate is down from years past, power play opportunities are down from years past and they're still like making the most. So I guess you have to have a couple power plays out there, but like, let's, let's see. Like, I I don't know. I'm concerned for Florida dragging down our numbers. Interesting. All right, here we go. It is time to end this little episode. We have had a lot of fun looking ahead, but now let's look back as we play our favorite game. And that is fuck, Mary kill. All right, we have decided that this season on Too Many Men, we're going to use Fuck, Mary Kill to break down the finalists for each of the major NHL awards. It's more fun than just making it a bit of news because then we just sit there and say things, and this way we can actually say what we really think about the candidates that are up. Um, Sarah, I'm going to have you go first. Are you ready? Yes. Here we are. We are going to look at the three named Selkie finalists, and they are... Patrice Bergeron, Nico Heeshear, and Mitch Marner. Go. It's tough. I'm marrying Bergeron. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I voted for him. I mean, it's like fucking shocking news. But um, they are going to have to name the trophy after him if he retires this year. I'm like, I just can't. I'm going to fuck Nico Heeshear. I think he's been. We all talk about Jack Hughes, obviously, because he's had so many points and he has like, had his coming of age situation and all the good quotes whatever but Hershier has really really helped down the fort in um New Jersey and I don't think what they're doing right now would be remotely possible without him I'm gonna kill Mitch Marner we love him and it's very tragic and all these guys were so this was a really hard award to vote for this year just be I mean other than Bergeron winning it was I mean who knows what other people are saying but I think he was far and away the winner but it was hard to do the other four um I think Marner definitely deserves a top five nod, but he just isn't. He wasn't at the level comparative to the rest of his team. You know what I mean? Where it's like the Bergeron and Nico had such an impact on their teams. Dana. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I'm marrying Bergeron and it's not just, we're not just looking at him. It was the same story last year. We're not looking at him going, well, last year was, Oh, it's a 35, 36 year old doing that. And Oh, this is a 36 or seven year old doing that. Like, he legitimately is the best two-way center in the game. What mm-hmm. he's doing is incredible. Um, he plays against top competition. He turns defense into offense. He makes really smart stick plays to take the puck away from opponent or to take away scoring lanes. He makes defensive plays to extend zone time. He does every little thing you want to do as the best shutdown center and as the best two-way center. So either way you look at the award, he is the answer for it once again. And it's just an incredible feat for him. So fuck he sheer because he, he had an amazing season too. And he's someone that it leans a little bit more towards two-way than purely shutdown defensive, which isn't a bad thing because the Devils' whole motto this year was making smart plays in their own zone to quickly shift to offense. That was their bread and butter. He went up against top competition, and the playoffs have been an extension of it. I think shot. Uh, I think scoring chances were 20-9 to nine in the Devils' favor when he sure went up against the manager, and he had like a 78% expected goal share. Like That's amazing um, to do that against top competition when you're inexperienced too, he plays the game very disciplined, very smart. Um, everything about it, he totally deserves top three nomination, in my opinion. I think he was in my top three. I think he was two. I think it was three. Um, it will kill Marner. Marner last year I thought should have been top five. Uh, this year I would have him like maybe six or seven. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he made it. He didn't make it into my top five. And I think that there is a little bit of a bias against wingers. Uh, that shouldn't be the case with him because he's so good it doesn't matter but I think someone like Backlund or Jordan Stahl should have been in the top three even Kopitar over Marner this year it feels like this is like making up for last year him not getting enough recognition yeah I actually did the guy Kopitar over Marner. yeah I yeah respectfully I was going to ask you guys about Kopi um okay I obviously am going to marry Bergeron it's the obvious choice you can't not 
I, however, am going to be different, and I'm going to at least fuck Mitch Marner because he's friend of the pod, Sarah. Friend of yes, the pod. Yes, he is. He, he's the... Miami Vice. We'll always have that weekend in Miami. <laughs> we love you, Mitch, as friend of the pod. All right, so therefore... And we know you're listening, Mitch. Obviously. Of course you are. Of course you are, <laughs> obviously. Right in the middle of the playoffs, this is what you come this to is to he's, he's, he's After the game, he's going to turn this on while he's driving. He's like, let me just relax and listen. Yes. And so therefore, by default, I will unfortunately have to kill a very good player in Nico Heashier, but your time will come. All right, let me ask you this before we wrap. In all seriousness, and just give me a yes or no, should the Selkie be renamed for Patrice Bergeron? Yes. Why not? He br- When you have someone who has been upward a record number of times and won it a record number of times, yes. Love it. We would love to see that NHL. And again, you're listening. So... You know, would you rename any of the other Uncle trophies? Gary? Um, like I don't, I don't know if there's anyone else besides maybe Gretzky that's worthy of like. Well, wait, there is there is someone who's problematic, and I forget. There's a there's, isn't one named after someone who's problematic? Probably, I mean, probably. probably. Yeah, his yeah. Support. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the end of our episode, my friends. We will continue to bring you hockey talk, shit list, how things affect the Leafs. Uh, thank you for your patience. Shout out to our producer, Jeremy Taché, who's helping us adapt to a schedule that literally some of us don't know day to day um, and still get content out to you. You are, We are doing our best with support from Jeremy to get you the episodes on our regular release schedule. Um, so just hang with us. We appreciate you. You can interact with us even when there isn't an episode. We appreciated hearing from all you when you were concerned there wasn't one first thing Tuesday um, on social. We are on Instagram and Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. Follow us there. Interact with us there. Don't forget to send us your vibe checks, whether you're at a watch party or at a game or wherever you are enjoying hockey. Please let us know how the vibes are going. And if you are wearing a piece of Too Many Men merch, you might get entered into a drawing for a prize. We have one already, so send that in. And if you want that merch to wear in your vibe check video, we're just giving you a list of things to do like you're not already busy. Please go to too many men merch.com where you can buy hats, you can buy sweatshirts, you can buy t-shirts, you can buy switch cases, you can buy watch bands, you can buy notebooks, all things too many men, all the things bit o news, and rep your favorite pod, our favorite pod too, and know that any money you give us goes right back to causes that are trying to make hockey a better, more inclusive place to be. And with that, we end asking you all as well to do something, no matter how big or small, to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. Love you. Bye.